Hello and welcome. This is Colin Daly, and you are listening to Parkour Ed. Today is Tuesday, the 23rd of May, 2023, and I have a very special guest here with me today, someone who is very important to me and had a huge impact on my career, and I'm so pleased that she agreed to come and talk to all of us today. So I'm going to, as always, let her introduce herself and then talk a little bit about her name. Hello, Colleen. I'm really happy to be here this morning. My name is Natalie Marcias Barrow, and uh, I've been in Singapore for 17 years now. So Marcias is a name given to my great-grandfather, who was a lost child. He was found at the bottom of a tree. He was an orphan, and it was in Pays Basque, so at the border of France and Spain. And it's a name who was given to him, and well, that's my heritage. (laughs) I heard that adopted children in French were given the first name of the person who found them Yes, but apparently he was adopted. I'm not really sure I have the form where he was found under a tree, and he was six months old. So that's Marcias, and Bero is my husband's name took me a while to add it on. And, uh, but well, when my kids came, uh, it was easier to have both names. Any special meeting for Nathalie from uh, your parents? Yes, it was a famous song from uh, Gilbert Bécaud. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nathalie was a tourist uh, guide in Russia, and uh, that's the story. And when I met my husband, who has some uh, Russian roots, his mother is Russian, so she said, oh, Natalia. <laughs> oh. I, was, I was really welcome in that Russian family because of my name. Where were you born? Uh, I was born in the Paris suburbs. Oh. There is not much to say about my childhood. I, it was quite normal. What was the name of the uh, specific Villeneuve-le-Roi. It's close to Orly Airport. Not very fancy. So it's the new, the new king city, right? The- <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. That means, that's the meaning. And I study, I was in a Catholic school okay. in Paris. In kindergarten, maternelle kind of school? Uh, no, or- from the middle school. Oh, okay. CZM, and it was a very famous school where Simone de Beauvoir went. She was really, really upset about that Catholic and non-stuff. And she talked about it in uh, uh, Memoir d'une jeune fille rangée. Okay. And uh, actually, it was horrible uh, memory for me too, because oh, really? I couldn't stand that Catholic uh, education. So, oh, it was, very, uh, was it very strict? It uh, was strict, but I'm really not a fan of religion. And for me, it was really, really... Uh, Let's see. Did, did you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I have one elder brother, and he's five years older than me. Oh, okay. And your mom and dad, did they both work? They in- were working in Paris. Traditional, you know, family, living in the suburbs and working sure. in Paris. Now, from what my experience has been in the past, most of the people I meet who live in Paris and surrounding suburbs... Their parents are from somewhere else. There are a lot of Parisians ah, like, who okay. have been there forever, but did you like, go see the grandparents outside of town, or did you ever yeah, travel so to my, my, gra- my grandparents were living around us, but my grandfather was originally from Brittany, and actually five kilometers from the place we bought a house All right, uh, 25 that's right. years ago. So uh, my roots are in Brittany, definitely. And so you went back to your roots 25 exactly, years ago. Exactly, but without knowing it, because my father cut his uh, relationship with his family. And it's by chance that I end up in this place, actually. Isn't that interesting? Serendipity. Before you went to this famous Catholic school, what was it? do you remember the name of the school? Yes, Le Cours Désir. 
Does that mean run away from desire? Or is that <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, and actually, it was the name of Adeline Désir, who was the founder of the school. Uh, okay, but before that, that was in Sixième, that was college. Yeah, so yeah. For so primaire, uh, for primary school. For primary school, I went to the public school near my house. Sure. And it was uh, paradise. Yeah. Because uh, at that time, uh, we mixed boys and girls. And for me, that was so important because I was a kind of a tomboy, you know. Uh-huh. So I loved playing football, marble. And for me, being among boys and girls, that was very nice. Oh, and and when I ended up in the Catholic school, it was only girl stuff and girl stories and gossips. That's things that I, I hated. I see. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. That's amazing. <laughs> I had a similar experience in high school. I went to an all-boys Catholic military yeah. school. Were you one of the lucky people who got to start in maternelle, too? You know, like the petite section, moyenne section, no, grand section? No, actually, I, at that time, it was not mandatory. So I started right. in grand section. So okay. at the age of five. Right. Before that, I was at home with my grandmother. Right. Mm. I see. I, I always am impressed by how the French system has a, a solid kindergarten program in place it's Mm -hmm. something that i wish we had more of in the united states it's mostly just for people who can afford to pay for it in the united states at the time but it was long time ago i entered kindergarten it was 1969 1969 (laughs) all right just for the record i didn't ask you (laughs) so i wasn't impolite we can do some we can do some math and figure out some things well i tell you it wouldn't surprise me if you said 1989 you're very you're very very young and dynamic in front of me here so <laughs> so that brings us through the college so yeah. did you escape from the the desire school no actually <laughs> i remain in that school until baccalaureate okay were those the days when we had like the bac a bac b was it a classic baccalaureate yeah, or yeah. Was it i a... did a b means economic after that i just wanted to be a teacher so right from the start, you want to be a teacher. Exactly. I love that. That's refreshing to hear. <laughs> Not from the start. Actually, I made my point when I was in second or première. And after the baccalaureate, I took the, um, the exam of school. Yeah, was it, now that's a concours. A concours yeah, it was right? a concours, yes. In English, we don't really have a word for concours, but it's an eliminatory exam. They've got exactly, a set amount exactly. of places. And, and at that time, it was really regional. So I took the concours in the south of France, on the mountain, actually, in the Hautes Alpes. Now, why did you pick the south? Because I, my dream was to live on the mountain. Oh, really? And, and even before living there, you decided, I'm going to go and live in the mountains. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. And so I, I go to the concours, and actually, I didn't miss it, but I just gave up before the end of the... Uh, there was different steps for the concours. I success for step one, step two, and before step three, I just gave up because I had my boyfriend in Paris and I said that didn't make sense to just leave Paris and go on the south. I, so that was the first time. Obviously, you did it again. Though. You must have been 18, 19... I was 18. 18 years old. That's pretty young to That's pretty young. making those kind of decisions. <laughs> exactly. So I was not sure. So I went back to Paris, and the next year I did it again, and I succeed. So then I started my career because I did three years at the normal school. This time you targeted Paris. You said the mountains, we'll save those for vacation and we'll work in Paris. Is that Exactly, the, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It was three years' uh, studies. And that's it. There's also an attachment usually to university. Did you study something 
Was there a concentration? Uh, it yeah. wasn't just education courses, right? Did you have like a concentration in some other area as well? Like? No, actually, between, between the first uh, try and the second one, I spent one year at the university studying German and English, it was languages. Oh, really? Yes. German, okay, that makes sense. Uh, so then the year after I succeed and I did my three years learning how to become a teacher. And then I started working. So you were in Paris when you started working? Uh, yeah, in Paris suburbs. Was it around where you grew up? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. South of Paris. South of Paris, La BS, yes. La Banlieue Sud. Exactly, La BS. So then, after that, I started working. Actually, in between, I met the, the guy who will become my husband. We met on a mat. On a in mat. In a dojo. <laughs> so, so, so no, when you actually, say we met on a mat, I think you want to clarify. <laughs> no, actually, what defines me is mostly Aikido because I spent my life doing Aikido. And I started, I was 15 years old. So I know what Aikido is, and a lot of people do, but not everybody. Can you explain to us what Aikido well, is? Well, Aikido is a martial art created in the 1950s by a sensei called Yoshiba. It's basically a non-aggressive martial art based on defense the, from the, Japan. The, the... So I started Aikido because my brother dragged me there. And then I met all my boyfriends who were doing Aikido. <laughs> and then I found a good one. And then after two years working, we decided to go to Japan with my husband. Wow. Now, was that decision based on a desire to get closer to Aikido? Of course. Of course. So it's really on a pilgrimage to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to Japan. So my husband was quite lucky because he got a scholarship from the European community to study in Japan. So we took this opportunity to go there. Wow. And we stayed five years there. And, uh, well, the most purpose was doing Aikido, of course. That's I amazing. was working at the French school there. So the first year I was mostly studying Japanese. Was that LFI Tokyo? Is that the Yeah, school? it was the Lycée Français de Tokyo. Oh. During these five years in Japan, many things happened. We studied Japanese, of course, Aikido most so of the time. Put, put us in time context. What years would that We arrived in 1987. 1987 yes. in Japan. Yes. So a very different place. Yeah. In 1987. Oh, in today. 1987, Japan was the, on the top of the world. <laughs> it was. It, I mean, it's still pretty high up there, but I mean, it was really. Yeah, yeah. So that was a, it was a very, very nice experience. We love Japan. Uh, so we, we practiced with the most famous uh, old sensei of Aikido. It was amazing. <laughs> and uh, we had our first son there, Sasha, who was born in Japan. And then after five years, we decided to come back to France because on my husband's career perspective, it was not that interesting. He was not doing what he wanted to do. So we ended up in Toulouse for a year. Oh, okay, the Red City. Yeah, and then back to Paris. How was the re-entry to France oh. and also to a new city? Where you're not from Toulouse, uh, so pa- it must pa- have been... Uh, Toulouse was f- fabulous, Okay, uh, but we could... I mean, unfortunately, my husband couldn't find a job there, so... Oh. We, did, you, did you work in Toulouse? Yes. In the schools yes, there? Yes, yes, Okay. Yeah. Do you remember the name of the school Oh, you it was in a very... Uh, in a ghetto... Oh, I see, <laughs> kind of a zep, a zep <laughs> On school. a zep area. I always ask because yeah. sometimes, you know, chances are you may have taught it as school where one of but our listeners it, uh, was a student. You know? But I loved it. I loved it. I, yeah. I found a lot of very nice people there and I loved that experience in Toulouse but unfortunately uh, 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 Serge didn't get any job there. How was the whole process of first getting detached 
from l'enseignement national or l'éducation nationale. Were you a resident teacher when you were in Japan? Were you a local hire? It was a different system. It was system. a different system it, at the it, time? I was something like détaché. Détaché. Yeah. I know when you go through école normale or yeah, normal school, yeah, yeah. you owe a certain amount of service yeah, years yeah, yeah. to, it was, to it reimburse. It was uh, included. I mean, and so it, it yeah, counted. Yeah, it was counted. That's yes. good. I've talked to people about challenges from changing from one department to the other department, from one academy. Yeah. Changing from one academy to another. Was it easier then? It was not that easy, but you know, when you come from abroad, at that time, it was the same situation as now. They were lacking teachers I everywhere. See. So actually it was not that difficult because I was not working in Toulouse and they needed teachers. So it was quite easy for me to, to swap from Paris to Toulouse. Because you as well as I, we know people who actually had to resign from the Education Nationale because their academy is calling them home. Mm. There's such a need for teachers in France. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, Toulouse and then after Toulouse back to Paris, what was next? No, it was Paris. Paris, okay. Actually, the idea when we left Japan was to go back to France. My husband wanted to look for a position and come back to Japan. That was the idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was just after the first Gulf War and the situation was not that good in France. So it took time for him to find a position and to find a good job. And then after that, we were stuck in France for 15 years. 15 years. But eh? we built a family. We there are worse places to be stuck, let's be honest. It's a, <laughs> it's a nice country. <laughs> yeah, but actually, it was difficult to come back. It's not, it's not that, that easy. I mean, France is not so easy to live, actually. For vacation, it's perfect. I for daily life, it's not that easy. But you had three beautiful children, who I have the pleasure of knowing. And, yeah. uh, and so then what? 15 years in France? 15 years in France. And one day, Serge come back and say, maybe have an opportunity to go to Singapore. Singapore? I say Singapore, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> what part of China is Singapore? Oh, in, Singapore? <laughs> oh, I think it's nearby Thailand. Or <laughs> so we, we check on the map and say, and everybody, actually, all my kids had the idea of Asia because we were so fan of Japan. So we had a lot of Asian habits at home, like eating with chopsticks right. or something we bought from Japan, of course. And so the Asian culture, or the, I mean, mostly Japanese culture was at home. Not every day, but in a way. And when Serge proposed this, all the family said, yes, let's go. <laughs> My boys were quite old at that time. I mean, old. they were teenagers, so that was not easy to leave friends and everything, but they were really happy to go and live. Fast forward, you ended up coming to the school the following. You came here first. Serge got a job. Here? Did you start right away working here at the school? Actually, I didn't get a job at the beginning. I mean, from France, I applied, but they rejected because they knew that I was coming. Ah, <laughs> yeah, so they knew they'd have a, a replacement exactly. if they needed one. Exactly. Yeah. So when I arrived in August, I sent an email to the headmaster and say, okay, I'm here if you need me. And she replied me two days before the school starts. Oh, really? I said, okay, we're opening class, come. So your first First year here, you got called I, just I right before wor- la rentrée. I, I started working right, right away. away. And that's, was it 2006? 2006. We so arrived, we, we, we arrived, arrived at the together, same time. Yeah. Remember? I do. Yeah, I do remember. It's I remember because we met straight away because they decided that we'll do the, the Bilang the, the next year. So remember right. we attended a seminar yeah, together. We did. We started teaching the first CEO Bilang class yeah. back when we called it Bilang. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I, I was... Uh, 
move when you said that I was important to you because you were really important well, to me. I, you opened I, me. I mean, you were like a window to, I think to the education for me. I, a new window. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, for you, you, you have made such a difference in my career, more than you even know, because my training and my education qualified me for maternelle en terminale. Mm, that was mm, what I studied. Mm, 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 mm. But there's a big difference between studying something and, and knowing how to do something. Of and course. my experience was mostly collège lycée. Mm. And I arrived here and they put me in a primary school class, which I had the qualifications for. Mm. But I had no idea what yeah. was waiting for me. And watching you was the best school I could have ever attended. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I, I, some of the best moments of my career were working with you. Oh, so. but I, am, I, have, I, I mean, for me, the same, <laughs> because such a positivity and such yeah. a, I mean, dynamic. We had great kids and families, too. Yeah, I mean, it's such a yeah, great energy yeah, at yeah, this school. Yeah, and yeah. Everything was growing and everything was new. Mm, and, mm, mm, and there was a lot of, and there's, I think there's still is i'm not comparing i mean it's apples and oranges it's not the same school it used to be because mm. it's bigger now and there are more people but at the time there were a lot of resources put towards what we were doing mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, i think back anikue came mm. and i learned a lot from her and just so many people and i felt we were like a pioneer you know it did it felt like yeah, we were making something yeah, yeah. new something and it's new and it's we had still to create here it from the from nothing from scratch right. and i love that yeah. and it's still here that's kind of a, a source of i mean it's much different now today but it's still kind of a source of pride and accomplishment saying oh, mm -hmm, we we mm -hmm. helped do mm -hmm, something that mm -hmm. was fun mm -hmm. and important mm -hmm. but anyway that's enough of me <laughs> patting myself on the back i just want i think you know You know that, yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. it doesn't hurt to say it again. You're a, a big influence on me. And so we did that, and for a long time, we worked in CE1 together, and then after a while, we split up, mm -hmm. and I worked with uh, Christophe and David, and, and then you worked with... Uh, Marie. Uh, Ma uh, no, Marie I, I, at first, I was in Classique, so... Oh, you went back to Classique, and then you went... I went back to Classique, went... and then I met Marie Papillon. Right, <laughs> and so you went to CM1 or CM2? CM1. CM1, CM1. so you so and Marie Papillon... We've been working eight years together. Eight years? Yes, at some time, yeah. And yeah. she left last year, well, she left in June, and I then, know. oh, my heart broken, so I changed... So when Marie Papillon left, and I keep saying her name because there's an episode with her yeah. that everybody can listen to, and she will definitely listen to this. You know, Marie will be, oh, sure. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> I'm going to listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> so after Marie left, and you had a big change, like you're doing something completely different so this year. So I'm teaching FLSCO, means uh, French for the non-speaking French kids. Right. What age groups? Like CP through CM2? CPC1. Mostly. CPC1, okay. Mostly, and a little bit of CM2. Now, do you do that individually or small groups, small or is it groups. big classes? Small groups. Well, it depends on them. It could be five, six, or one, two. Depends. And how, how often do you see one kid? Like, do you see one kid twice a week, or do you see one kid every day? Most of them, it's every day. Are these kids not French, or are some of them French, but just don't speak French as well because their, yeah, their father travels? Yeah, we have all the or, situations yeah. from kids coming from another country, like Korean, Chinese, Philippines. But we have also many kids with a French dad right. who doesn't speak French. That is a common <laughs> occurrence and no judgment, but no. Uh, it's something that we yeah. have to be aware of. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of your students, well, I suppose you have the lower age, you have the younger kids, but I mean, there are kids in CM1, CM2 who mm, are in FLSCO sure. and then they go on to French passerelle yes. here. And uh, so we do hear, for those of you 
who are listening and, and aren't as familiar with IFS, we do have a lot of kids here with French as not their first language, but they manage to succeed and do of very, course. very well. Of course. And then they get access to some of the best universities in the world that you can only go to mm-hmm. if you have a French baccalauréat. Mm-hmm. Or it's easier to go to, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. So how do you like it? So far this year, it's, it, it must be a change of rhythm. Yeah, completely. And how about interaction with colleagues? Do you see more colleagues? Do you see fewer colleagues? Is it more with students? Uh, well, actually, it's completely different uh, cycle because it's cycle two. So I oh, that's have right. very new colleagues. So it's really nice to just thinking them. back to when we were teaching together. It was, the school was so small, we saw everybody. Yeah, and we, yeah. We, it didn't matter if I was in CE1 and, and somebody else was in mm. CM2. We, yeah, we were, yeah. we were having no, lunch we together. We were really split and. Yeah. S- Especially from the COVID time, we had no chance to meet the colleague from the lycée or from the college. That's right. It's easy to try to put that out of our memory because it was not a happy time, but we're still recovering from that, I feel. Yeah. Back to Aikido. Oh. You did not cool off or you did not slow down with Aikido. In fact, Aikido is still a major part of your ah. life. Tell us about your involvement and your husband's involvement with Aikido here in, okay, in Singapore. Okay, so in Singapore, my husband opened a dojo in 2009. Now he has a lot of students. He teaches Aikido at the University NTU, at the headquarters on Selegi Road, and he has also another dojo in NUS University. He has uh, two dojos, uh, two universities dojo, NUS and NTU. The headquarter, which is in Selegi Road, near Orchard. And there is another dojo in, uh, in, um, on the north. Uh, I wouldn't say, I don't, I don't remember the name. And he has also a dojo in Chennai, India. In India? India. Does he, does <laughs> so he travel it's kind there of often? Indul- yeah, yeah. Wow. We went in October. Now, is he still working or is he full-time Aikido no, 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 master no, he's, no, no, he's working. Yeah. He's working on the side. But yeah, he, he spent most of the time doing Aikido. But anybody, but knows, yeah, Ser- anybody actually- knows Serge knows that he's got the energy for, oh, yeah, for yeah, a yeah. lot of things. But he tra- <laughs> you know, he trained a lot of people to a very good level. So he has now many, many teachers who are in charge of teaching as well. How does one learn to be an Aikido teacher? Is it just passed down? Now, we've, we've talked to some people on this program. Benjamin Perez, who teaches Chinese here, mm-hmm. he, he studied Kung Fu at a high level okay. in China. And there are all different ways to progress and mark your progress. And yeah. How does that work in Aikido? Is so, it a- actually, so, so we, of course, we had a very good practice in Japan. But back from Japan, actually, Serge uh, did a class to become an official sports teacher right. with the specialty of Aikido. And are you a sports teacher too? Do you have that type I'm not, of... I'm not qualified. I'm not okay. qualified, but I'm teaching sometimes. I mean, right. But you have a lot of experience. Yes, I'm a teacher. You're a teacher <laughs> so as well. I'm a teacher and <laughs> so I teach Aikido, not on a regular basis, but yeah, of course, I can. I'm recognized as a sensei. <laughs> right, right. I had the pleasure of attending a session way back, probably in 2009. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm still a bit sore. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to but be I, in a good uh, shape. Uh, yeah. I remember, I remember uh, you showing me a few things. It's quite fascinating how it's a sport and it's a way to defend yourself as well. Yeah. But if you really follow through with the moves, you're going to kill somebody. I mean, you're going to break a bone. It's not like boxing where people actually box mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. like Taekwondo where people actually have bouts and they actually no, hit actually, each other. But you, because if you do that in Aikido... 
no, mean, some yeah. of the moves are pretty. Yeah, but that's why in Aikido, half of the of the techniques are how to take the movement, how to react. So how to fall, how to avoid, and how to combine your movement with your partner uh, to absorb and not being in a fight. You know, most of the exercise we do is falling and taking, we say, ukemi. Yeah. Although I was never involved in a fight in the street, but I had many motorbike accidents yeah. where I ended up falling, rolling on the floor. Without the scratch. Oh, because you had the technique for falling without getting hurt. Yeah, exactly. Excellent, excellent. Mm -hmm. So you're a biker, too. Yeah. And uh, that's another thing that uh, I really appreciate about you. I think all good people drive motorcycles. (laughs) Wow, it's not a motorcycle. It's a Vespa. It's it's got two wheels. It's got two wheels wheels and an engine. Two wheels and an engine, yes. Yeah. And uh, you're pretty adventuresome, and you're not shy about getting out there and doing things. What's the current situation now? You have family Still here in Singapore? Is no, your, no, no, You did, though. Your son yeah, was yeah. here. My son was here. He got married here at the embassy. Uh-huh. And then uh, just after the first lockdown, they, they went back to France. And they got married in France. You know, they did a party in France, and we were stuck here. Oh, no. And it was very difficult. I bet. I yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your daughter was going to school in Hong Kong, wasn't she? Yeah, and during, during the, the, the revolution, uh, yeah. the COVID. You went from, went from the revolution oh, to COVID, and it's yeah. not the best oh, time to be in Hong the Kong. Now the three of them are in Paris. Okay. So and, how does that, I mean, I'm, I'm putting myself in your shoes. I'm, I'm in a similar situation. My kids. Mm-hmm are far away and life is good in Singapore but we're far from a lot of things yeah but actually we managed to see each other at least two or three times a year well, that's good so it's okay but uh, and you have that home base in, in Brittany too yeah, where exactly. you can all gather exactly and we can gather there yeah, and you know they have their own life. You know, there is no point of living next to them. I mean, sometimes I feel like it would be nice to be able to drop by and have dinner for an hour and a half and leave mm-hmm. because now when we see each other we're stuck together for two weeks straight <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's and I'm sure something. I'm sure they they dislike that as much as I do yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. having two hours a week would be really nice yeah, but yeah. Uh, in any case that's uh well is there anything else that I forgot to ask you or that I should know or that you want people to know uh well music no, oh how see. could I forget music oh, yeah. So that's another thing that really drew me to you right from the start. I mean, I think the first time we celebrated New Year's Eve together, the accordions and the guitars and the mandolins and the yeah. violins came out. Tell us about your experience with music. Well, well I'm not a good musician. Everybody uh, says playing, that. You're awesome. I'm playing a bit of accordion, but music. Um, the you, most, uh, you have a musician spirit. But the most important for me is something I started in Singapore, was uh, opera, opera chorus. Yeah, that's right. Tell me about that. So actually, I was singing in a choir in France for many, many years, and I love singing in a choir because in a choir, you are just in a group. And for me, that's really that's something I like to be in a group, not being in front. In Singapore, it happened that they were performing a French opera called uh, Les Contes d'Offman. Okay. And they were looking for French uh, chorists. So I replied an email. I took an audition and I was in. 
And then it never stopped. From 2009, I did at least two, three opera That's great. I performance every year. I saw you in Carmen one yeah, year. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I performed two times Carmen. And until the COVID, I was performing twice a year. And has that picked up again or is it still Yeah, but slowly? actually as I'm leaving Singapore, I just didn't come back to the opera. And what? Yeah. Wait a second. You didn't Breaking know? news. You didn't know? No, I didn't know. Well, it's a good thing we're having this episode. I'm glad I didn't put it off till next year. When are you leaving? I'm retiring. Oh. Yeah, you didn't know? No. Okay. But that doesn't mean you have to leave. Is Serge No, retiring? actually, no, no. We are not leaving, leaving. I mean, we are leaving. We are coming back to France for the summer. Okay. But Serge still has his activity here. Right. So we, we are planning to do part-time. Okay. But we released the house and... You did. Yeah, so we're packing. At the moment, we are packing. That's big news. I'm happy for you. So are you looking forward to... I mean, there's re-entry shock. There's always re-entry shock when you head home. Home, entre guillemets. <laughs> no, that's, what, that's why we are not planning to just stay at home and in Britain. You know the place. It's really remote. And so the plan is to just come here, come back travel and uh, the the big project actually is to uh, have a boat and to travel around that mm, sounds mm, fabulous mm. Serge can't let go what he's done with his dojos either I mean does he have somebody to take over I mean, that, actually, that's the kind of thing that yeah, that's yeah. the kind of thing that that's that needs the, to be passed on to someone right yeah actually the the, the dojo but he's still in charge of the dojo of course right but he has many teachers who, oh, who take the class over when he's not here So this is your last school year at IFS. Yes. I'm I'm feeling tears welling up. Yeah, me too, me too. It took me it took me really a while. But actually it, it, we would have been very pleased to stay. Yeah. But actually my husband EP was rejected in November. Oh no. So he ended up with a DP and when he has a DP he cannot work so he couldn't pay himself, you know? Oh no. You know he has a company but we managed to stay but we decided to come back in France at the end of the school year. Yeah. And he reapplied like a week ago for an EP and he got two years. Ah. But in between, I resigned for my job. To, so. ah, yeah, it's the, the administrative headaches that we all live with. Yeah, it's yeah. sometimes astounding. But, you know, it's also maybe time to do something else and to, you know, I have a granddaughter. That is, I do know. That's amazing. <laughs> and when I was mentioning about how it's hard to be away from family, I was mostly thinking about. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I no, mean, it's, it's fabulous. It's really fabulous. You know, uh, and, uh, you yeah. had a special relationship with your grandmother, I know, too. I mean, there was a closeness. I mean, you spent a lot of time with your grandmother yeah. when you were a kid. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that yeah, you probably want to be close to yours yeah, as well. And she, she's uh, actually it's, uh, the, the daughter of Sasha, who was living in Singapore, right. and Juliette. So I'm really close to them, to Sasha and my daughter-in-law as well. So we have a special relationships, true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and the little baby, she's exactly the same face as his, as her father. Oh, you that's know, wonderful. It's, uh, it's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, we've we've mentioned your husband and two of your kids. I just want to say shout out to Tristan because I think of him often. And if he listens to this, I just want him to know I haven't uh, forgotten him so. and his magic tricks. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah, a long time ago. He's doing so much, so much things now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you could come in and talk with us. And it just means a lot to me that you would spare the time. And Are you sure? I guess it's time to sign off. This has been Colin Daly with Nathalie Marcias Béraud. <laughs> and uh, this is Parkour Ed. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Bye now.
Thank you, Colleen. This has been Parkour Ed with Colin Daly. If you enjoyed today's show, consider giving it a rating on Apple Podcast. Also, if you'd like to be interviewed or if you have questions about anything, feel free to contact me at colindaly at gmail.com. That's C-O-L-I-N-D-A-I-L-E-Y at gmail.com.